Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, please enjoy part two of my chat with Indira Cesarine. So we're talking about difficulties in the industry of being a female photographer. Have there been difficulties if you've encountered being a female editor of a magazine? Uh, well, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, honestly, it's such a challenging undertaking to manage a magazine and to be creating and overseeing and producing all that content on a regular basis. The amount of work that goes into producing just one of those issues is staggering. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes mm. we would have literally sort of for one issue, we would often do up to 50 shoots. So and often right. sometimes we would have three shoots going on in one day, like one in New York, one in London, yeah. one in Paris. And I would be overseeing everything. And it's often that, you know, things fall through the cracks. And, you know, with our girl power issue, we had what I found to be an astonishing and very sort of, you know, upsetting thing happened, which is that after the issue came out, we were attacked and accused by one of the actresses we featured in the magazine, an actress by the name of Ruby Rose, accused us of trying to exploit her and right, accused us right. of, of trying to sell her images and of trying to exploit her by revealing uh, her nipples in this photo shoot that was shot by this very talented female photographer, Danny Brubaker. Take us back for not everyone that's familiar with, with uh, what what actually happened. How did, how did this story break? I think there was... Basically, there was a, a nipple exposed in a picture that was not meant to okay, be exposed. Okay, so is basically the deal is that when we were working on this shoot, so I coordinated and produced the entire shoot from New York. I booked a photographer in Los Angeles where the shoot took place for this photo shoot with this actress, Ruby Rose, who at the time no one had heard of. She was going to right. be the next star of Orange is the New Black, which had not yet mm -hmm. released. So nobody really knew who this uh, girl okay. was. Right, right, now, right. her publicist right. contacted me and was very, like, pursuing the magazine in a very, you know, intense way to feature this actress sure. in our It Girl Power issue. And we had had countless emails of them basically begging us to feature her in the magazine. So eventually we put together the shoot. And now I worked very closely with her entire management and publicist and PR team to select the photographer, to select the stylist, mm -hmm. to select the hair and makeup. It was a ton of emails back and forth because they were very sort of, you know, detail oriented and difficult about, you know, who they wanted to work with with her because they felt she was going to be a big star. And but at the end of the day, no one had ever heard of her. So it was actually kind of hard to get on a good team. Right. Um, in right. the end, I was able to book this very talented photographer, Danny Brubaker, who did a brilliant job with the work. And we got the photos in and everybody loved them. The fashion looked great. Ruby looked amazing. She was very, it was very mm. like sort of jumping around and very positive and the styling was very fashion and kind of this punk. It was like a pretty and punk story that was, but at the end of the day, the fashion was a lot of like lace clothing that had a sheer element to it. In any case, uh, the photos were, you know, approved by her PR team that we knew of. The photographer sent us everything. We made our selects. They right. were retouched, sent back to the magazine. We had gotten emails, how happy everyone was with the shoot. Uh, it right. ran in the print magazine, and there was one or two photos where through the sheerness of the fabric, you could see a very light hint of her nipples. In any right. case, the issue came out, 
And about 48 hours after the issue had released, there was an explosion on the internet, <laughs> literal explosion. Ruby Rose had posted on Instagram a boycott Untitled magazine rant <laughs> against us, telling her fans, of which by this point, because Orange is the New Black had already come out, right. <laughs> that in her 5 million fans, she basically went on this huge rant against Untitled, saying that we were trying to exploit wow. her by revealing her nipples, that it was an intentional exploitation of her that we and, accused and, and us and of trying to that sell that was the a, photos a, a, to other <laughs> magazines which was a total falsehood like that absolutely had never right. happened all of that was sort of kind of crazy and your magazine is has has nudity in, in very it, right? rarely so it wasn't like well no a, actually the oh, print okay. magazine very very rarely has any nudity the right. you know the online version of the magazine there is, has occasional is nudity something but Right. If there tasteful. is something, it's usually approved. There was just a miscommunication down the line. The, 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 they appeared approved, and the, the, the people had seen it, but they'd not noticed it. I, or, honestly, uh, it was just, so subtle. But I think the yeah. difference is, okay, when you see something in digital format and you then see right. it printed in a magazine... I think that there's that element of seeing something online or really quickly looking at it. Right. It was so subtle, but when you saw it printed in the magazine, you actually, it was distinctive. It did stand out. And what, what happened okay. is that okay. I believe when the magazine hit the stands, some of her fans photographed the page and started posting them on the uh, internet. And because it's a right. printed photo, it was more perhaps relevant than when you would see the digital file and it was yeah. you know somehow it just went through the net of approvals in any case it was it blew up all over the world we had you know everyone from the telegraph to the independent to the daily mail to all these the herald tribune <laughs> you know like all these newspapers all around the world An and incredible hundreds story. and hundreds of magazines all saying that we exploited this actress i mean of course I found that right. the newspapers were far less biased and actually contacted exactly. us to get, uh, you know, an interview with us of what happened and is this true? And of course, we gave our side of the story. But it was a really, for me, what was hurtful and surprising was that we spent so much time and money producing that shoot and making sure everything went mm. well. And everybody, we got all these emails how happy they were with it. And the thank you right. we get is to boycott the magazine. And this is from an actress right. who had done full frontal nudity on her TV show. And on top of that, yeah. on top of her full frontal nudity on her TV show, we actually have a behind the scenes video, which we never published, in which she fully is exposing herself in all of those clothing without a problem, smiling at the camera, wearing those clothes right. for the behind the scenes video. Now, when this all exploded, the, the behind our we launch our app edition about a month later after the print edition comes out. So the videos hadn't been released yet. And we had to make a mm. decision to pull Ruby Rose's entire shoot from the magazine, from all digital editions, right. as well as we pulled her video. Even though we had had the correct approvals, we felt that too many people were criticizing and attacking us that we were trying to exploit her. I just made the creative decision to delete all content yeah. out of digital 
everything from Untitled. It's not in the app edition at all, the Girl Power issue, and we yeah. never ran the video because I just had to make that decision. I mean, we had been... Well, look, you made the yeah. right decision because because the internet the internet gets crazy and and it's like once it's like a, the internet's like... And the press is like a pit bull. Once they get a hold of this sort of thing, they want to uh, milk it and hold on to it for as long uh, as long as they can. It, uh, you know, is there anything you want to say to to Ruby Rose and her management to, I don't know, to well I don't know. honestly I you know that's a that's a hard one but <laughs> it's a year ago now so I try to think of it as water under the bridge and I right. hope that everybody's moved on from that nugget of the story but it is one of yeah. those things where you know I just found it very um, disappointing but the way yeah. that it was addressed and the fact that nobody actually just contacted us first and said hey what happened they immediately yeah. attacked us and it was very hurtful for everybody that had worked so hard on that magazine for all the other actresses Thanks and people that featured. To, everybody to exactly it was this yeah. huge negative cloud overshadowing our girl power issue which was done right. by the heart which and is soul such a shame yeah. every single woman we had hundreds and hundreds of women from yeah. all and sectors that to came this, together to put that issue together to try to create this yeah. powerful issue that was about female empowerment and empowering all these female photographers as well as writers all the talent yeah. featured were women and it was everyone from the bond girl to the star of mission impossible to you know right. all these amazing musicians l king you know whatever however it was a jammed issue of like some of the most influential women yeah. today oh, what a and shame. unfortunately yeah. a lot of that was overshadowed by this ridiculous story over ruby's nipple which i just thought <laughs> you must be kidding me i mean really is this really where we're at you know oh, really. it's such a shame but yeah what and you if you've say? listened to this podcast up to here, then you know that, that Indira is not trying to in, exploit anyone, let alone a, a fellow female, in in the in the female empowerment issue. I mean, it just seems crazy. Yeah, well, that was it. Was honestly like, I mean, I was so upset for so long, but it, looking back, it's almost humorous how ridiculous the whole thing was. I yeah. mean, literally, just you know, so out of proportion. Also, when you look at the photos, I mean, it's barely a hint of anything. Well, you know, oftentimes the, you know, people protest to for the exposure. Oh, well. <laughs> for, want better, for want of a better Yeah, work. well, a lot of, you know, a lot of feedback I did get was that it was a publicity stunt. And if that's what it was, right. well, I feel sorry for her and her whole team. Right. You know, I mean, that's all I can say, you know. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, yeah, no, uh, you, you tr it's right. But at the same time, you know, the Internet is a beast. And, and with five million followers, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know, if even 1% of them, the, the, that's 50,000 people, uh, you know, um, oh. creating a storm over Look. something. So it, it's such a beast to control and to, to deal with that. Uh, we you know, were literally, we dealt, but there with, are ways and we dealt ways. with extreme cyber hatred over that. We had a team <laughs> for over a week deleting hate messages, hate right. mail off of all wow. of our social media. Wow. We're being attacked everywhere. And, Literally, we were getting death threats over this. That's death ridiculous. Threats. And it's ridiculous. And that's that's the shame about about inter the internet is often often the anonymity that people hide behind and, and feel free to say that that those hateful things that they would never say to someone in person. 
Well, look, I, like I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear this story because it is such a shame that it would uh, overshadow such a great project. Well, I honestly, um, I feel yeah. like I learned a lot <laughs> from that experience because yeah. looking back, um, one thing that I decided to do after the issue came out is to dramatically scale back on the production of the magazine so that I could be more right. present wow. and on yeah. set so that things like that didn't happen, yeah. and also yeah. to just you know, not, um, you know, to be very cautious about who we decide to feature, yeah. you know. Right. And, and which is such a shame because think of all the, the shoots that will be not be shot Well, now it has negatively impacted the magazine in that sense, that yeah. we are far more cautious mm. now about who actually gets yeah. through and to make sure that we're going to have a positive experience. And I've had to cut off working with a lot of people that I found were problematic to work with. Right. Well, Untitled is an incredibly positive magazine and everything I, I think you're doing is, is greatly positive and does nothing but to, to, to benefit and empower women and men and creators of all, all well, types. So, yeah. so I think that you, this one, this one incident shouldn't oh, sell you on the process. Absolutely not. I mean, which I'm sure it honestly, yeah. you know, I look back at it and I think that, you know, it's the growing pains of having a magazine. Um, uh, sooner or later, you're going to have a problem like that. I'm happy that it didn't end up exactly. in court with lawsuits um, <laughs> because exactly. there was a point where, you know, it might have ended up there. Um, oh, yeah, wow. no, it was definitely a situation that was was very, very negative and difficult to deal with. But I think that, you know, fortunately, it didn't go down that path. And um, yeah. and I've progressed with, you know, I've also, you know, moved into a new direction with putting more emphasis on the gallery as being a much more important yeah. part of the my entire creative platform that I've sort of built up. Well, one thing that's been exciting for me also is with the gallery yeah. is to really be able to promote female artists. We have mm. a, a, like, you know, quite a big percentage of the artists that we work with at the gallery are female artists. Mm. And I think that that's also, you know, the art world has always, always been highly male dominated um, well, when it yeah. comes to artists. So that for me has been a huge um, sort of inspirational, you know, platform to promote female artists. Do female artists get less than males? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I, saw, I, mean, I know it's hard to compare the, work, yeah. but... Yeah. When you look at the auction prices when all right. the published sort of, you know, the figures for what the top male artists in the industry are getting compared to female artists, it's like 10 times right. more. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's a massive difference. And, I mean, and it's who, not small. Who is buying? Like, is, is it mostly men buying or is it a, a mix of male and females? Should women be supporting female artists more than they are, for example? Well, like I think, I think in, that in that movies. is a big point. You know, yeah. I do think that's a big point. And I think that we need to be promoting women to be collecting. I think that there is a much bigger percentage of male collectors out there or... Yeah. You know, and I do think that that is an issue. Um, more and more women, as they become able with the financial means to collect mm. art, mm. you know, should consider that buying art by female artists is actually um, enacting change and also, you know, supporting yeah. their own. But I think that at the end of the day, most people, when they're collecting art, they're looking at the bottom line value. Well, an and if you look at yeah. the bottom line value, you yeah. know, there are a few female artists that are competitive and like you know blue chip sort of value but right. at the end of the day um 
it depends on if you're buying art as an investment versus you're buying art because you love it. Right. And um, uh, well, it where, is, what's the price point at your evolving. gallery usually? Well, we work with a wide range of artists, mm -hmm. some that are emerging, mm -hmm. um, where the work is sort of, you know, a thousand dollars to artists that are very established, where the work would sell for, you know, fifty thousand and up. Right. Um, and for, we're not really a... we're not really selling anything more than a hundred thousand, and right. that would be a very very unusual price point. Most of the work right. we're selling is like in the sort of under 20,000 range. Right. And and for 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 our female listeners in New York and everywhere around, mm -hmm. you know, um, five nights out and you could get an original piece of art for that would last your lifetime. So I encourage people to not only make good art but to buy good art and and to, you know, like, I find I found myself in New York that I wouldn't think twice about dropping, you know, hundreds of dollars going out in a night. But when to to buy something permanent, I would I would balk at it. So I think it's just there, there is a mind there is a mindset that that hopefully is changing that of supporting local artists, local artisans, and and I think it's just like you know, it's every now and then you know let's not go out and 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 buy a, a piece of art for a change. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. You know, I'm because a pleasure, like a meal will last will last 24 hours, and you know, a piece of art will will last decades. You know, so exactly. Well, there's a lot of incredible emerging artists out there that you know you can buy their work for even less than a thousand dollars. So, you know, and it is. I think it is important to support the artistic community any way you can. It's very important. You know, artists at the end of the day sometimes might not be um, taken seriously yeah. when they're just starting out or whatnot. But I think that, it, you know, artists do tend to be, you know, the voices of change as well yeah. because they, they are presenting a reality that, you know, has impact. Yeah. And um, when you look back at history and the history of our civilization, for the most part, it is the works of art and the architecture right. that are really the things that stand out and that mm. people admire when you, you know, they're, they're and, looking and at... And they define the, civilization. Exactly. They're, those are the defining factors. Yeah. So I do think it's very important to, you know, try to, in some way, shape, or form, you know, engage in it. I think, you know, art is not for everybody. A lot of people don't really get it, but there's nothing wrong with just sort of throwing yourself out there and exploring and finding something about it that interests you. Absolutely, and I, and I think and it's so important, like people want to have a wall of photographs, you know, buy buy some, photograph, some photographs of a great photographer, just put some stuff on your wall that you will look at for years. I, I've got an old picture of the doors that, that I had, that I bought from years ago when I couldn't afford it, but it's still there and I look at it all the time and it, and it gives you, constant uh, constant um, inspiration so all right well, so let's that's why well, we've been having a very good chat so far yeah. so <laughs> so let's like a part of this is to 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 also be a bit of a mentorship to people coming in and not only for people in the industry now to kind of pick up pieces of information and and ideas of how to improve their businesses and then their art and their creativity but is there any advice you give to to uh, let's say a photographer coming in or would you prefer to talk to an artist that's starting out? 
I mean, for me, I, I think that it, whether you're a photographer or artist is kind of the same sure. um, elements of encouragement, you know, that are important. Mm. Um, and I think that it all boils down to trusting your instincts. And if you really are passionate about it, if you really live and breathe it and it's really important to you, mm. then you need to get it out there yeah. and get it out there any way you can. Yeah. You know, whether it's social media, whether it's creating your own exhibits, whether, you know, you have to launch your own zine, whatever it is, <laughs> just do it. You yeah. know, there's there's no reason you have uh, kids today have every possible tool to right. have their own voice. But that's the other thing is, OK, so you're also competing with an mm. ocean of voices and a million others that mm. are struggling to get themselves heard. I do think that to differentiate yourself, you need to, you know, really hone in and also try to find your own personal mentor. Mm. Yeah. Get out there and meet people. Don't be stuck to your computer screen. Go to openings. Go to Absolutely. events. Go to things that circulate in your industry, whether it's fashion or art, whatever it is. Get out there and try to meet people that, you know, can make an impact on your career. Mm. Because nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to help you if you connected with them on Facebook. No one yeah. cares, you exactly. know, like forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that, that that's something that I um, ignored growing up was, was, was the idea of a mentor. Uh, because you know, I was just, you know, I thought, I thought that like I can do this. I want to do it, and I want to do it now. And and you know, and I didn't know anything and everything. And did you have a mentor growing up? I did not actually have mm. a mentor. I mean, I did have teachers that were very inspirational that really gave me the encouragement. Right. And I had a mother who told me I could right. be and do anything I wanted to do, and that she would be supportive of that, which yeah. was a great gift. Yeah. Um, I, when I started out my photography career, literally when I was 22 years old, I moved to London. I had, you know, no contacts. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I had a couple friends that were models. Yeah, I literally knew no one. And I just got on. I went yeah. to the corner with a bunch of coins and got on the phone <laughs> and dialed on a payphone on the corner in Notting Hill and dialed like the editor, the photo editors at Vogue and dialed like every magazine right. and just tried to find contacts and called everyone and said, I'm a photographer from New York and I want to come and show you my work. And amazingly, people gave me appointments right. and I went in and I actually started working pretty quickly. Yeah. But I think that that was also because I was very ballsy and yeah. sort of just just reached out and, uh, you know, called people, cold mm -hmm. called people from a bloody payphone. Yeah. And, and I think literally, that now like, even, the, the, even the editor from Vogue gave me an appointment. I right. mean, just mind-blowing. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I think that the modern equivalent of, of going to the, to the payphone with a stack of coins and just calling, cold calling people is to find people that you admire, that you want to work with on Instagram, on Facebook, and try to engage with them, follow their work, leave comments, try to engage with these people and, and follow their work properly and then maybe that's the way in because i know that 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 if you email the art director of vogue that she he or she is going to get a a, a a hundred emails from people agents all around the world and so i think that that 
the old model of of calling is is no yeah, longer valid. Yeah. You know, but I think the the modern day equivalent is to seek out the people that you admire on Facebook that are successful and whose work you admire, and and um, you know, leave comments, be involved in what they do, like what they do, and and listen when people like what you do, it's a, it's flattering. And well, I think the other route is honestly, which didn't really exist when I started out also, is to do an internship. Yeah. When I started, you know, no one got internships. I right. mean, they had, Condé Nast had an internship program, but it was really only the daughters of people they knew that got right. those. And, you uh, know, it was literally almost I'm... impossible. Well, you know, now they have, a, I don't even think they do internships anymore, but, right. um, you know, all that sort of ended with all those lawsuits oh, they got. Right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, there are loads of magazine internships available, as well as internships with artists and photographers. And yeah. and I think that is a great way to connect with, if you're starting out and you have certain artists or sort of um, direction that you want to go to do some internships with people that you know you admire their work and mm -hmm. you will meet loads of people and you will get loads of opportunities and i think that's a great way you know i really mentor the interns that have worked with oh, me I that i doubt it. Yeah. you know enjoy working with i wish i, I mean, inter interned with you i think <laughs> I mean, if I had had the opportunity to intern when I started out, I would have yeah, jumped at it. But I those know. were not, that was not an option. Like, did you was, assist, that was not accessible. Did you were a photographer, did you assist as photographers when you were coming up or did you do, do uh, college and then go straight into taking pictures? You know, I actually had a different path because as a yeah. female photographer, I couldn't get work assisting. Right. So I started testing when I was 17. Right, I started right. testing for elite models. Yep. And by the time I was 18, I was testing for elite Ford, Wilhelmina. I am like all the top agencies. And in between going to university, because I went to, to uh, school in the city at Columbia, in between classes and in my summers and holidays, I was testing all the time mm. um, for all the modeling agencies. And I think uh, they were paying me also yeah. from very, even the first days I would pay for my film and processing. Yeah. And towards the end, I was getting paid quite well. Um, they don't have those kind of budgets anymore now that it's all digital, no. but back then they actually paid because you had expenses. And so I was able to make extra pocket money and hone my craft, um, testing for all these modeling agencies. And I met a lot of people doing mm. that. Mm -hmm. So when I did move to London, um, and tried to sort of, you know, right. go, have a go Your tests being have been a serious scattered around the world like well, seeds into the but, wind. You know, <laughs> but I also had a pretty established portfolio of yeah. working models that you know, really great, you know, sort of models and working with agencies. Had, yeah, and the the people, you know, the models go back to Paris. They go back, and people see your mm -hmm. photographs, and, and and like that's a brilliant way of getting your your your, your name out there. Yeah, no, I definitely think in the fashion industry, if you want to be a fashion photographer, testing yeah. for the agencies is a great way to circulate your work and get connections. Um, you know, these days it's it's hard to even get the opportunity to test for mm. a lot of agencies. You know, it's not the sort of thing that they're going to do. You know, you, you probably would need to intern, for example, with a photographer first before right. you would get the opportunity to test models at, you know, even new faces. But, you know, I was very lucky. My sister actually introduced me to one of the directors at Elite who I showed my work, all, all of my sort of photography I'd been doing and, and through, you know, Parsons and in high school and whatnot. And they just sort of started booking me straight away to shoot their girls. Mm. And that one thing led to the other. Yeah. 
Um, and before you know it, I, you know, was getting a lot of work. Um, I was also very fortunate in that I think probably because I was a female photography and that was unique. Um, I, for example, Ford models booked me to do the Ford supermodel of the world, a two hour TV show, which I worked like Christy Brinkley was starring in it and all these famous supermodels of the early nineties. And they had me as their main photographer on (laughs) camera for this two hour special. That was sort of, um, a cable TV show, but it was a sort of Ford supermodel. And so I photographed all the contestants for the supermodel of the world. And that was broadcast (laughs) on national TV. And I was 22 years old or 21, 22 when that happened. So that, you know, opportunities like that definitely, um, you know, what, you know, got my foot in the door of making a name for myself early on. What would you say to photographers, artists that are in the business now, have been in the business now, may feel a little bit stuck and looking for for direction and and how to handle the the new economy and the new digital age and then the, you know, and trying to make a buck? As far as like how to make a living doing the work? More so... it, like I, I would say, my my thought would be to expand what you do. Don't feel so so kind of caught in and having to do just fashion and to, to expand and to do portraits and just to do, if you love photography, continue to to being to do photography, and in, think, in as many yeah. different ways as you can. Basically, listen. If you're passionate about it, you know it is a fact that unless you're very established, often the jobs that pay are jobs that might not be your first priority, like shooting a wedding or shooting an event or whatever. But if you're passionate about it, I think you should take every single opportunity to hone your craft and to Mm. get really good at what you're doing. Mm. And, you know, use that as your sort of, you know, way to gain experience. And I think it's good to, particularly when you're starting out, to take every opportunity and take it seriously and, you know, never yeah. sort of think anything's beneath you, <laughs> whether it's a portrait of a dog yeah. or yeah. photographing your sister's wedding. Right. Use but there's that a as challenge. an opportunity yeah. to Tell hone your story. skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple of quick questions before we go. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a great good chat. Um, now, apart from Untitled Magazine, of course, is there a magazine or or a book that you read that you would recommend or a blog or something like that? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I tend to, there's a couple of, you know, I tend to read a lot of the English publications. I sort of mm. every day get in my feed, you know, the ID magazine newsletters, Days and Confused, another magazine. Um, I tend to sort of lean towards those kind of titles because I do think that they tend to be more cutting edge and um, often they pick up on trends way before the American audience Mm. goes mainstream with them. And they're also take far more risks as far as like casting and content. Recently, I've actually um, read two books that I would highly recommend. I recently picked up, I was actually at an airport sort of browsing the bestseller Mm. book list and this book caught my eye and honestly, I'm actually reading it for the second time now because it's that brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called, you are a badass, how to stop (laughs) doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. Absolutely. it's, It's, it's one of these, 
Okay, I normally don't do the self-help thing, but that you are a badass really caught my eye. Yeah. And basically this writer, Jen Cicero, she wrote this book that is really just like this incredibly modern, humorous. Mm. Um, I mean, she swears like a truck driver through the huh. whole thing. But meanwhile, it's like a sort of a self-help guide of like how to achieve your greatness and not doubt yourself in any way, shape or form and sort of, you know. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this badass that we all want to be, right? Yeah. And, and I've so, spoken to this on the podcast before. There's this, yeah. there's a thing known amongst a lot of creatives and 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 um, entrepreneurs is, is like imposter syndrome. The thinking that you're constantly not good enough, and and, uh -huh. and this sort of thing is so helpful to to even just give you some guide rails to get in that realm where you take yourself as seriously as everyone else does, and and be the best you can be. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't believe your own greatness, then yeah. nobody else is going to yeah. believe it. So, you know, it's all about positive visualization Absolutely. and putting yourself out there like, you know, who do you want to be? Be that person. Mm. And everybody will believe that you are that person because you become that person, so to exactly. speak. But anyway, this book is brilliant and it's actually hilarious. It's super funny. <laughs> I sat down, I read the whole thing in one go, yeah. and then I've actually started reading it again like six months later because I'm like, you know what? That book was so good. I need to Fantastic. like refresh my memory on that. And then I recently actually invited to write a chapter for a book, oh, which I would actually highly recommend as well. And it's called Thank You, Teacher. And this is a book uh, they invited some incredibly inspirational people, um, such as Maya Angelou, right. Helen Gurley Brown, who well, was amazing. the, you know, Great really company. original editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan, mm. um, Bill Moyers, you know, a massive, it's about, I, I don't know how many people exactly, but between 30 to 50 sort of inspirational people that have worked across the fields of journalism, entertainment, um, politics. There's an astronaut who told his huh. story. But in any case, it the book that sort of asks these different people about their um, most inspirational stories of having worked with a teacher that inspired right. them. So I got the opportunity. They invited me to write a chapter about the most inspirational teacher that I had. And I actually wrote about my um, teacher that I studied with at Choate Rosemary Hall, who was my photography teacher, mm. and how he sort of, you know, really inspired me to have an independent study program from the beginning to not like do traditional classwork right. with photography and to always go into like my own individual work and promote my own individuality as an artist versus, you know, and conforming that's a, to like a, key a classroom. message yeah. to have so early on. And that's such a great message to have from a teacher because it really sets oh, yeah. you up for the rest of your career to think in those those terms rather you know with with all the voices that you're going references reference this you know it, it's it, to, to start off your your creative life with with that sort of idea burned into you i think is fantastic yeah so that i mean i had mentioned before about how you know when i was after i finished my photography course at parsons my school had given me my own dark room and yeah. photo studio and everything at their art center and you know, part of that was this teacher who really sort of encouraged and sort of mentored me, so to speak, to actually do this independent study program. And mm. so I got the opportunity to write this whole chapter about not only my sort of upbringing and like sort of my personal life journey, but also, you know, how this teacher, this teacher inspired me and, and where that led my life um, and how that sort of shaped my life to right. be a very independent thinker. So that's exciting. And, you know, that book just recently came out, actually. Oh, great. What, what's yeah. the title again? 
It's called Thank You Teacher. That's amazing because I think, look, like one of the things I want to try and do here is to bring sort of actionable advice and 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 these kind of uh, self help, self motivational books have, that have felt so 80s for so long now uh, are kind of backed up with a whole lot of new neuroscience and, and where they're seeing the, 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 how much the brain works in the background and, and, and this creative visualization which I kind of mocked years ago now I, 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 you know, I think I believe in I think it's absolutely important because you need to be focused and on your game and pushing forward all the time visualization engages your subconscious to work for you you know and, and it's just so motivating as well oh absolutely i mean who doesn't want to read a book <laughs> that's going to like inspire you to do yeah. great things or even, even just like help you with self-doubt you yeah. know i think i yeah. think confidence building any confidence building that anybody can do is beneficial absolutely um, you know, and it is. And I think one that's of a curse things. of all artists yeah. that self doubt. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't get insecure with the <laughs> amount of rejection everybody right. deals with in the creative industries? <laughs> like, you have to have a very thick skin. Yeah. And you have to be super confident to like yeah. get up and keep going every day. Like Absolutely. all the setbacks that Absolutely. we deal with, day in day out. You know, because yeah, freelance life is a roller coaster and. The highs don't stick as much as the lows, and um, but so it's important to have that that mindset of that you are a badass and and that you deserve what you're going after, and to just go after. That is definitely, you know, I agree entirely. Anyway, I would highly recommend this book, You Are a Badass, to be the badass <laughs> that we all want to be, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm off to the airport today, so I might actually pick that up for my yeah, own flight to Australia. Yeah, I would, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's great. Do you meditate? That's the question, because I found that that I, I've started meditating this year and probably three times a week, and I found it incredibly helpful. Is that something you've done? I have meditated. I mean, when I did the Hoffman Process program, that's very highly engaged in meditation, and mm. that was something that, you know, occasionally I do. Um, I wish I had, you know, sort of was doing that a little bit more. Right. Um, you know, occasionally I'll do like a yoga retreat yeah. or something like that. I always sort of hit the gym on a regular basis. I find that it's important to kind of stay active in that way. Aside from just living in a healthy way, I used to go out a lot more, yeah. which I definitely, aside from like work events or exhibits and things, I definitely don't do that as much as I used to. Mm. I find that that is one thing that's changed a lot. I mean, at least for me, is like, you know, the whole nightlife scene is far less interesting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's just getting old. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's just not as fun anymore. <laughs> right? I think that's true. I mean, you know, the minute they banned smoking, it oh, changed know, everything. Exactly. Oh, I have met the most interesting people standing outside a club smoking. That's true. I mean, it is usually the most fun crowd, right? Yeah. I know, I, we could speak for hours, and I hope you'll come on again. But is there, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we sign off? Well, I think that um, circling back to what I was saying before, I think that the most important thing is to just always trust your instincts yeah. and believe in yourself. Like yeah. whatever you want to do, don't feel like it's out of your reach. I think right. that these days the sky is a limit. And as corny as that be believing yourself thing sounds, it, it's hard to believe in yourself when you're putting yourself out there. Well, 
I also think that, like I said before, these days we live in a DIY sort of world. And it's like, mm. if you don't do it yourself, mm. nobody's going to do it for you. Exactly. Nobody's going to hand anything on a silver platter. <laughs> no one's going to discover you. You need to get out there and just <laughs> do it yourself. And that's no it. No one you know? is going to discover you. <laughs> no. Go. Just do it. You don't know, sit in the corner looking create... cool because no one's going to notice. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not, you know, out there really actively trying to yeah, present your work and engage with people and like, you know, put yourself out there, it's just not going to happen. And even then, it might not always be enough. You need right. to push yourself to your limits. And, yeah. and also just always try to focus on like your own personal originality. Every yeah. single person has their own original mm -hmm. thing about yourself. And I find that so many people try to conform to what everybody else right. is doing and they're scared to be different. They're scared to be strange. You know, when I launched Forex <laughs> magazine, which is like XXXX, yeah. you know, but the original before it was called untitled, you know, when I first launched that people were like, Oh my God, she's gone crazy. But Actually, it was a very empowering thing for me to just launch a super yeah. creative project and not give a shit what anybody and thought and to say, you know what, I'm just going to be as creative as I want. Right. That's what it's called. And you can think whatever you want, but this is a really empowering, amazing, creative you know, thing that I'm doing and I'm really excited about it and either believe in it or not. Yeah. But, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we were putting our videos on YouTube and they were getting millions of yeah. views. And, yeah. um, and that actually was what got me the global distribution deal to launch untitled as a print edition. There you go. So, you know, if I hadn't put myself on that mm -hmm. ledge and on that limb mm -hmm. and just said, I don't care about what risks I'm taking. You know, my family was like, Oh, that name, that's crazy. <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, how can you launch a magazine called that? And, you know, all those X's, everybody's going to think it's porn. Is it and three? I was like, Is it four? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. To me, it stands for the multimedia elements of everybody coming together, all the different elements of time, space, of just bringing together, like, all the creative, powerful things out there and, and making them into, like, this brilliant sort of untitled project of, like, right. whatever it is. And that's what it was. It was, like, a very creative conceptual point of view that I was taking with the name. And at the end of the day, I took that risk and it led from one thing to the other to some incredibly mm. positive experiences and, and incredibly positive opportunities. And that would not have happened if I had not just trusted my instincts and said, just go for it. Who cares? Whatever anybody thinks, if you really like believe in something and make it a powerful thing for yourself, you can make other people believe in it too. A lot of people thought of the word X as having this negative connotation and I turned it into <laughs> something creative. So that yeah. was something I did with that particular aspect. And yeah. it was really exciting when that turned into a globally distributed print magazine and the yeah. eventual gallery. And think of all the opportunities you've given everyone to, to do their own thing through your magazine, through your idea, through your your perseverance and, and just getting things done. You've given a, a, given opportunity to, to countless people to do their own creative work. So you should be very Thank proud. you.
I appreciate that. So, well, let, let's finish up. It's been a great chat, and, and this might be a two-parter, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but can you uh, let people know where they can they can find your work, get in touch, Instagram and, and websites and all that sort of thing well, for us? Well, pretty much it's very straightforward. Absolutely everything is just under Indira Cesarine. You can go to IndiraCesarine.com. My Instagram is Indira Cesarine. You can check out the magazine, which is the Untitled magazine on uh, you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I think some Sometimes it's actually under the Untitled Mag. And the gallery yep. is on social media. It's under Untitled Space New York and Y. Just south of Canal Street in Tribeca, yeah, right? It's just at the cusp of Soho and Tribeca. Just one block south of Canal between Church and Broadway. Well, thanks again, darling. It was an amazing chat and, and I look forward to seeing you soon. And I, I wish you all the best. I think you're doing an amazing work. You're an incredible inspiration and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for you know, inviting me to be on the show. I think it's brilliant. I think it's also a very creative platform that not a lot of people that I know that have come from a visual background have have gone down that direction. And I think that that's a, right. you know, brilliant sort of original thing that you're doing there. Oh, thank you, Diane. Well, I, I, listen, I, I just realized that I have a lot of very talented <laughs> friends and I wanted their, their stories to <laughs> exactly. be told, I think. And I think there's a lot to learn and there's there's so much knowledge and talent from the, all the people in within all the people that we know that, that you know, I, I'm not going to run out of guests anytime soon and I want to start putting out more and more of these. So thanks again for coming on and, and darling, and I'll see okay, you soon. Okay, sounds great. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, what an amazing talent and what an amazing chat. Indira is so inspirational for so many reasons, especially with her gallery featuring female artists. And there was something that she said that really resonated with me. Buying female artists is an acting change. And in that spirit, if you want female artists to succeed, go and spend your money on them. Buy a print from a female photographer. Buy some art. Go and see a movie by, directed by a woman. Invest in creativity. Now, normally I try to find a message from the interview, but today I'm simply going to quote Indira as what she said is what I feel the message of Daddy OFM should be for creative people everywhere, male or female. And it is. Trust in your instincts. Believe in yourself because no one is going to discover you. Present your work and engage with people. Push yourself to the limits. Focus on your personal originality and don't be scared of being strange. Believe in something and make it a powerful thing for yourself. And you can make other people believe in, in it too. And that I think is the key to a creative life and a creative career. So get out there, make good art, buy good art, and maybe you will start to live the life you crave. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps us to grow. All our previous episodes are available on our website, daddyofm.com. Follow me on Instagram, at jbookalil. Taking us out is Blondie with Rapture. Daddy O.L.
human race. Sang hip hop and don't stop, just blast off. Sure shot, cause the man from Mars stopped eating cars and eating bars, and now he only eats guitars. Yeah. <laughs>